and welcome to the Mormon Mompreneur Podcast. This episode is part of our Building an Inspired Business series. In this series, Sarah and Michelle, your business mentors, give practical business tips helping the faith-filled mompreneur create a business that succeeds and fulfills. and welcome back to the Mormon Mompreneur Podcast. I am Sarah. I get to be your host today, and I am so excited to talk to you about something that I think is pretty exciting. I'm excited to talk about something exciting, and that is your big business idea. Now, before we really dive into with what is possible with your big business idea, I have to put a disclaimer out there. This is indeed the second episode that we have as part of the Building an Inspired Business series. If you have not listened to Michelle's first podcast of the Building an Inspired Business series, stop this podcast right now and listen to her. Michelle has a fabulous podcast in which she gives you specific questions to take to the Lord and ponder about in order to gain peace peace and direction in your business. And doing those kinds of steps is going to be essential before we dive into some of the specifics about your business idea and how we can refine it and really make it work for you. So if you haven't listened to her, jump on over to the episode right before this and make sure you've heard her amazing podcast on questions that you can take to the Lord about your business. Now, let's all start with a story. I was so, so lucky back in the dark ages to serve a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Detroit, Michigan. I had a fabulous mission. My mama was nervous to send me to Detroit. I arrived in Detroit as a fresh missionary, so excited to tell anyone and everyone about the Book of Mormon and about families being together forever, and I had cute little cutouts of the plan of salvation, and I was simply ready to go. I had a wonderful mission. I had a trainer that taught me a lot. I had another companion that really, really helped me dive in and immerse myself in the work. Now, just as it tends to go, I was on my mission just about six months when something happened. At that time, I had felt like I was finally starting to sort of get my edge as far as bearing my testimony and understanding the culture of where I was from. Even though Michigan may not seem like a whole different culture, it was different for me as a girl from Northern Utah. I was finally starting to connect with the ward and the area that I was in and understanding the differences in driving. So many things were starting to settle. Well, just as we were volunteering at a boys and girls club in the city of Detroit, I got injured. I got injured playing one of the most violent games known to man, kickball. Yes, kickball. I got tackled on first plate while playing kickball at the boys and girls club. And although initially when I went to the doctors, they said that it was most likely muscular, it ended up being some serious problems with my pelvic bone. So after only being on my mission for just under six months, I received the dreaded news that I was to be sent home to have surgery. I remember many, many tearful nights talking to my father while I was still in Detroit about this decision that had been made by my doctors and from my mission president that I needed to go home to have surgery. And I remember crying and crying to him saying, Dad, how is it possible that me coming home from a mission would be a better scenario than me staying on a mission. I mean, truly, what could possibly be better for someone's testimony, for someone's confidence, for someone's work ethic than being a missionary? I just couldn't see the vision of why Heavenly Father was sending me home when I felt like I had made the right decision to go on a mission. 
My father, who in his infinite wisdom, always reminded me that things would work out and I would one day thank the Lord for this experience. So how was it possible that going home was better than staying on a mission? Well, of course, in retrospect, we always seem to find a little bit of the silver lining in those kinds of situations. The truth is, is I simply needed to serve less than six months because of the timing of me graduating from BYU, getting the job that I needed to in Cache Valley, which led me to be in the same singles ward as my future husband, Greg. That was the reason in which my mission had to be cut short, because the Lord had greater plans for me. And believe me, I would much rather serve a short mission and meet Greg than serve a full mission and never meet him. So obviously, in retrospect, it all makes sense that Heavenly Father had a great plan for me. Now, sometimes it's a little bit harder to be able to dive in to our businesses and find the purpose behind why the Lord has inspired you with this energy to start a business. Or why do you have this entrepreneurial spirit? Why is it there? And oftentimes when we talk about being in business as mothers and we have small children at home, it's really, really hard again to really decide, is that the spirit that is telling me to move forward in this business idea? Well, let me talk to you about one woman that is talked about in the Ensign. So this is her story. It says, One couple with a large family found it impossible to buy basic necessities on the husband's income alone. The young mother returned to college to prepare for a teaching career, which she and her husband felt would allow maximum time at home. This woman found that she could not rely on the approval of other people to justify her decision. Okay, I'm going to read that sentence again because that's like the moral of the story. I'm giving it up. Okay, here it is. This woman found that she could not rely on the approval of other people to justify her decision. While she was at school one day, one of her children became ill. When she called a neighbor to ask her to check on her child, the neighbor answered, if you would stay at home and take care of your children, you wouldn't have such problems. Not all working Latter-day Saint mothers meet such responses, but we must all look to the Lord for the sense of peace we need in order to follow our personal decisions. Knowing that the Spirit has confirmed our course brings comfort and insurance. Knowing that the Spirit has confirmed our course brings comfort and assurance. I love this story of this wonderful, faithful Latter-day Saint woman who knew that she needed to go back to school in order to provide basic necessities for her family, and shall she realized a hugely important lesson, and that is that the Lord has a different path for all of us. He has given all of us unique gifts, unique talents, unique situations, unique trials, you name it. All of those different dynamics come together in a way so that we will become more reliant on the Lord's approval and not on the approval of other people around us. Now, I hope within our own Mormon mompreneur community, we can be respectful of the fact that all of us have received different answers to prayers, pushes in different directions to grow our businesses, to stop our businesses, to start more businesses. So the moral of this story is when we think about my mission and how is it possible that going home is better than staying? And then as we think about this sweet Latter-day Saint woman who went back to school and was met with such raw meanness. Can I just say meanness? What is the moral of the story here? The moral of the story is simple. It is this, to decide with prayer and then proceed with confidence. That is the moral of the story. 
when we are unsure of what the Lord has in store or we're not understanding why he's prompting us with these cool business ideas when we feel like we've already got our plates full or when he's telling us to stop doing things or to change things. That is when we need to go to the Lord and decide with prayer and proceed with confidence. And again, Michelle's episode just before this one talks about some specific things that we can go to the Lord about as we pray to him. Now, I love the scripture in 2 Nephi 32. It is a scripture mastery. And I want you to pay attention to the very, very end of this verse. And I hope that we can all believe it and take it to the Lord and make it happen. So this is 2 Nephi 32, 3. It says, angels speak by the power of the Holy Ghost, wherefore they speak the words of Christ. Wherefore I said unto you, feast upon the words of Christ, for behold, the words of Christ will tell you all things which ye shall do. Do we believe that? Do you believe that? Do I believe that, that the words of Christ will tell you all things what ye should do? Do you think that includes business decisions? Do you think that includes business ideas, business timing, business partnerships? I think it does. When I hear the Lord say, for behold, the words of Christ will tell you all things which ye shall do. I know that the Lord cares about you. I know that the Lord cares about me. And that can only mean that the words of Christ can tell us all things that we should do. So as you have come to the Lord and you have gone to him and told him what you're hoping to do with your business, the growth you're hoping to have, the business ideas, all those great things, listen, decide with prayer and proceed with confidence because the Lord will tell you all things which you shall do, especially when you approach him in sincere prayer. Now, as we go into kind of the fun businessy side of this podcast, I want you to think a lot about this business idea that you have. Now, maybe you've been in business for decades, maybe so, and maybe you've just got this little idea bouncing around in your head. Let me talk to you about a really fun way to approach your business idea. Here's what I would recommend. Businesses that succeed have business ideas that are centered around people or experiences, not products, okay? Successful businesses are centered around people or experiences and not products. One great example of this that I am so excited to watch this business grow over the next couple of years is one of our own Mormon mompreneurs. Karen Page does these beautiful foil baby feet as part of her shop, A Beautiful Life by Karen. I love, love, love her idea, these beautiful gold foiled baby feet. I see it being the most awesome, trendy, not in a bad way, baby shower gift that you can have out there. It documents, it does all these beautiful things. So as you think about Karen Page's business, that she sells these beautiful foil baby feet, what is it about that business idea that is going to make it run in the long haul? We don't want to necessarily jump on board with businesses that may be trendy because that means they can what? That they can fade. Now we need to dive into ideas that are trendy, sure, but how do we make a business, especially with a business idea that may be a little bit trendy, to really be in it for the long haul? The idea, again, is to center it around people or experiences and not a product. So if Karen were to look at her business of these beautiful foil baby feet, what kind of experience or what kind of person is she serving as her business? She is serving new moms. 
She is serving grandmothers who are dying to document the birth of their first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and 10th grandchildren in a beautiful way. She is creating a beautiful documentary experience. And that is something that people around the world really, really value. And as long as Karen keeps that kind of perspective, let's say the gold foil baby feet is a trend and sales start to dip a little bit in a year or in two years or in five years. What next? Well, she can continually offer things that still honor that person or that experience. How can she still use her gift and talent to really, really honor mothers and to document children and to help grandmothers find joy in documenting their grandchildren. That is how she can continually progress as a business, even if some of her products ebb and flow as far as sales go. To put it bluntly, we've simply got to be careful that we are not so caught up in a product because what it may mean is we may have a spike of success and then we're going to be one of those one-hit wonders. Whether one-hit wonders applies to just music? Oh, I don't think so. I think it applies to business too. We want to be in it for the long haul. And that's why so much of our time when we are in our Mormon Mompreneur Facebook group or whether we're doing the hot seats or whether we're doing mentoring, Michelle and I spend so much time time defining who your client is. What does she look like? How educated is she? What do her winters look like? Um, what are her plans in the summer? Um, what time does she go to bed? What time is she checking her email? All of those different things. What, you know, what's her religious preference? What's her age? What's her season of life? All those things. Those are hugely important factors for you to really paint a picture of who it is that you're serving. Now, the reason that this is so hugely important and why Michelle and I spend so much effort as we help mentor people define who they are serving is because everything is tailored to it. Your newsletters that you write to them, your Facebook posts, the questions that you ask, the colors that you use, the language that you use, all applies to who that wonderful person is that your business is geared towards. The added bonus to really knowing who that person is that is buying your product and searching for your product is that you can continually create more and more products because it's based off of a person and you've learned to really understand that person instead of spending all your time obsessing about a product. So if Karen were to go back and she were to look at her baby feet and she had a big spike in her baby feet sales and then they started to dwindle, all she would need to do is reach out and think, okay, what's something else that my person that I sell to would enjoy? Would it be jewelry? Would it be customized handprints all of a sudden? You know, she could just think in a thousand different directions of where her business can go from there. Now, let me give you some hard, fast examples in the real deal business world. And I'm talking big business, multi-million dollar companies who did not take to heart the importance of focusing on the customer and the buyer instead of the product. One of the most popular to talk about in this instance is Blockbuster. Now, if you don't remember what Blockbuster is, you are a generation behind me. I have memories of dating my husband, Greg, and running to Blockbuster. In fact, we loved it when they did a monthly subscription of like $25 and you could rent up to four movies at a time. I can't even remember what it was, but we would run in there on the weekends and we'd load up on movies and it was so much fun. Now, Blockbuster was a video store where you could go and get DVDs or VHSs when it was older. And that's where you would rent him from. Now, did you know that Netflix originally went to Blockbuster and pitched to them this idea of in-home streaming? 
what did Blockbuster do? They turned down the deal. They turned down the deal. And then Netflix was born. And Netflix has put not only Blockbuster out of video, but pretty much any other video rental place, Hollywood video, you name it, it's gone thanks to Netflix. Now, if you had been the Blockbuster CEO and you had truly understood your client, You had understood who was walking in your stores every weekend to rent movies. When you had sat in on that sales pitch from Netflix, what would have been your response? You absolutely would have said, yes, this is the next step. This is how we're going to grow. This is how we're going to expand. This is how we're going to better serve our people. That would have been such an easy decision had that been the focus of Blockbuster's vision. Now, the second company I want to bring to mind is BlackBerry. BlackBerry should own the smartphone industry. They should absolutely own it, but they don't. And in fact, some of you may not know what BlackBerry is. Again, you're a generation behind me. BlackBerry should own the smartphone industry, but they don't because they were so obsessed with just the BlackBerry. They were obsessed with how it was formatted, how it looked, what the keys looked like, the shape, and they were unable to let go of that product, the BlackBerry. And who ended up taking over the smartphone world shortly after BlackBerry lost their vision? It was Apple. And in fact, here's, let's push it even further. Apple used to be called Apple Computers. But once they realized that they were geared towards Apple people and not just computers, they scratched out the computers and they're now just called Apple. And Apple came out with the iPhone and totally dominated because they were very, very aware of what their audience needed, wanted, and would appreciate. And that's why Apple is able to grow in so many different directions because they know their people. And yeah, their people may be mocked on all sorts of news sites and everything for being religious towards Mac or whatever, but it works for them. There's a reason that their iPhones, even with sometimes minimal upgrades, sell out and upsell any other smartphone that was ever released by Apple. It's because they know their people and their people are ready to buy and they trust Apple. So those are just a couple of hard, fast examples to let go of the idea of a product sometimes. Well, sure, of course, we've got to have a product. We've got to have something to sell. But look beyond it. Spend some time and focus on the people and the experience that you are providing. I loved interviewing Al Fox on the Mormon Mompreneur podcast, and she talked all about you've got to be in it for way more than money. If you own a clothing store, you are there because you want to help create modest, beautiful, high-quality clothes. You're there because you want to help girls feel beautiful when they're modest. All those different things. Like, it's got to be more than just the money. And I would add to that, it's got to be more than just about the product. What is the story behind your product? What is the story? Who is the person behind your product? And that is going to make sure that your business can stay in it for the long haul. Because in the wise words of one of my favorite business mentors, um, he always said, once you establish a customer base and you've focused on them for so long, it's great because you don't ever have to think of a product again. You simply need to pull them and ask them, well, what do you want next? And they'll tell you and they'll guide you and you'll know exactly what you need to create next. And it's just this happy situation to be in. Yes, a little bit utopian for probably most of us right now, but such a great ideal to match up to. So just in closing, here is what 
I would love to give you. Here is a tool to move forward on understanding the people you're going to be working for and also understanding how you can better decide with prayer and proceed with confidence. Let me read you this quote from an article in the Enzyme from just a couple months ago where they're talking about millennials. So some of us may be considered millennials, some may not, but I think the rules apply the same. This is from President Russell M. Nelson. He says, as a true millennial whom the Lord can count on, you will make history. You will be asked to accept challenging assignments and to become an instrument in the Lord's hand, and he will enable you to accomplish the impossible. How will you accomplish the impossible? By doing whatever it takes to strengthen your faith in Jesus Christ, by increasing your understanding of the doctrine taught in his restored church, and by relentlessly seeking truth. When asked to do impossible things, you as a true millennial anchored in pure doctrine will be able to step forward with faith and dog persistence and cheerfully do all that lies in your power to fulfill the purpose of the Lord. So as you listen to Michelle's podcast, that is what you're going to be able to take to the Lord and proceed with confidence once you receive your answer. And now it is time to move forward or to step forward with faith, just as Russell M. Nelson said, so that you can go with persistence and move forth cheerfully to do all that lies in your power to fulfill the purposes of the Lord. Once you have received those promptings with a business idea or to move forward and on an idea, Proceed with confidence. The Lord is ready to tell you all the things what ye shall do. Here is the tool that I would like to give for you. What I would like you to do is take a conference talk. And this may seem totally like out of left field that this doesn't apply to anything that we're talking about. But the conference talk is called The Sustaining Power of Faith in Times of Trial and Testing. And it's by Elder Richard G. Scott. It was one of my most favorite conference talks when I was out on a mission in Detroit. I would like for all of us to jump into that conference talk and to read more about what this step forward with faith in our business means when we read that conference talk by Richard G. Scott. As you are reading that talk, start to notate the feelings that you have when reading that talk of what is possible. And more importantly, what leaps of faith can you take now to prove to the Lord that he can trust you with further revelation? And that will make much more sense when you read the conference talk. So dive into it. I know that the Lord is here to help us that he is here to help us proceed with confidence as we strive to understand what he wants us to do, as we strive to find what our purpose here is on this earth. I know that he wants our families to be successful. I know that he wants our spirits to be nurtured. And I know that he cares about you and your desires to make a difference in this world to truly accomplish the impossible. So dive into that conference talk, the sustaining power of faith in times of trial and testing and see what feelings come to you and what kind of impossible things you are going to be able to accomplish. Thank you for joining me in this building and inspired business series. I am super excited to dive into your businesses. Join us in the Mormon Mompreneur Facebook group because every so often we jump in there and do a helping hot seat and dive into individual businesses to help figure out how we can boost your business in a new direction that's going to bring you more success and more confidence in what you're doing. So join us in that Facebook group. 
group. And in closing, just remember, once you have received that answer from the Lord to move forward in any direction, remember to rely on you. You and the promptings that you have received. Do not rely on others. Do not rely on me. Do not rely on Michelle. You are the one who the Lord will communicate with in order to direct your life in the direction that he would see fit, in which will bring the most happiness into your life and your family's life. Thanks again for joining me. podcast. For access to our free training, Five Days to a Guilt-Free Business, please visit guiltfree.mormonmompreneur.com.